Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Off Topic with Big Woo and Friends. Streaming live on the Big Woo Radio app. Here's your host, Big Woo.
right, fellas, can you hear me? Big Woo, I could hear you just a second ago. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, Woo. All right, here we go. We're here. We're on. We're live. <laughs> Again, everybody that couldn't hear me before, you can hear me now. Well, welcome to the program. Off topic, Big Woo, JT, and Donnie. 917-889-2821 is the number to get in on the program. Push one on your phone if you want to got a question or a comment. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Cowboys versus the Packers. The Packers have come all the way back from a 21-6 deficit and took the lead 22-21. to This defense is hard to watch, let me tell you. Rob Marinelli needs to be fired, absolutely. Uh, there's no question about it. He's playing a stupid three-man rush, dropping everybody back, and, and, and uh, uh, they're just running the ball all over us. Uh, Panthers win again, though. Uh, will they win their division this year? I will ask that of the fellas uh, here in a little bit. Big deal or not a big deal? Cam's comments got a lot of publicity, but it didn't seem to affect his play on the field because the Panthers won again. Cam Newton threw three touchdowns, 300 yards of passing. He was uh, out of his mind today. Uh, we'll also preview the Sunday night game, the Monday night Plus JT's over under the old school song and the inspirational song of the day. Let's start with these Cowboys, man. Since that game is on right now, what are what are you seeing, uh, JT, from our guys, man? That we need to do better. Uh, we had a twenty-one that we had them dead to rights, twenty-one to six. All of a sudden, the defense forgot they were playing. Uh, decided to go get on the bus and let Aaron Rodgers have his way. Um, what what do we what are, what's going on, JT? Um, well, first we'll uh, check the board to make sure we don't have a guest on the line. What's going on with the defense? Rod Manelli is two and thirteen in his career against Aaron Rodgers when he starts at quarterback. We've only stopped Green Bay one time, one time today. Um, and with the additions of getting Hitchens and Irving back today, I thought we would get a better rush but we have not been able to really get a rush other than that one defensive drive back in the second quarter when we were able to get some pressure on Rodgers. Other than that, man, we've been non-existent. I don't know why you run, you know, a three-man a three-man scheme like that when the cornerbacks and the safeties that we have are not shut down. You know what I'm saying? Those guys, man, I can go out there you know what I'm saying, and run around and maybe catch a ball or two against them because they not they don't even look like pro players, man. I don't know. I'm not even going to put it on the fact that Sean Lee not being there. Jalen Smith needs to step up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like there's no excuses, man, to be a professional ball player. You have got to play defense better than that. That is truly ridiculous and horrible. You're making Green Bay look better than um, – what they are, and you give up 100 yards on the ground for the third game this season for no for no apparent reason. We didn't give up no 100-yard games last year. But, again, we're talking about different personnel and a different defense, and it's showing, man, our defense will be the reason why we don't make the playoffs because if they don't get better, man, and it's all about personnel and coaching, I blame both. Coaching and personnel, either one are executed. Um, I tell you what, man, Rob Marinelli, and I don't think it's the personnel, to be honest with you, uh, JT. I think the personnel, they're not great, but uh, look what the Jets are doing with the personnel they got. 
I mean, so you can't. What I've been seeing is guys in in the wrong positions and the wrong. I think the play calling by the defensive coordinator is just awful. I thought it was awful last week. I thought it was awful against the Giants. I thought uh, it was awful last year when we played against the uh, Packers in the playoffs. It's the same three man rush. Why would you do that? I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but I, I do put it on the personnel as well, man. I mean, some guys got to step up. I mean, most coaches can't go out there and execute. And I mean, regardless, I mean, regardless of the play call, it may be horrible, but these guys should be able to make plays. There's no excuses for what that defense and secondary is doing out there, and those linebackers are non-existent. It's like they, I mean, those linebackers are missing the leadership. Hassan Lee, but Jalen Smith and and Hitchens, I know Hitchens had a horrible penalty in um in the first half, and then where's Demarcus Lawrence? I mean, these guys have got to get they got you got to step up. This is the time, man. Yeah, well, let me break Donnie. Donnie, come on in here, man. And we, I think we do have the guests on the line. Do we have the guests uh, on the line right now? Miss Felicia Harris. Yes. How you doing, Miss Felicia? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. I've been better. At least my Panthers won today. My Cowboys don't look like they're gonna get it done today. How's your team do today? Well, uh, I have a lot of teams, so I am happy that the Panthers played better uh, amidst all the controversy and comments. And I do like Dallas too, but they haven't they just haven't had great seasons. So hopefully this year will be a little different. Well, me too. Yeah, we'll see. From your listeners, because right now we're not getting it done. Uh, should have been a pass interference right there on Jason uh, against Jason Whitten, but of course they're not going to call that, especially after they call some dumb. Um, I don't know if you. Have, I'm sure y'all been watching the game, but did you see the dumb call where they called a, a personal foul on us when it should have been intentional grounding, but they ruled him down, so they couldn't call it intentional grounding, but they still called a penalty. I don't, I don't know what the, the rest is not helping us out at all, but we're not helping ourselves. So, uh, look like we might get a field goal here. So, you know, kudos to us. Yeah. To take the lead back. We got to, we got to get a stop. You know, I mean, we, if we don't get a stop here and I, I really feel like we will get a stop this time, uh, it's coming down to the wire. So we'll see what happens, but we definitely need a stop right here. We take the lead back 24, 22, um, before we get to you, Ms. Felicia, I want to get uh, Donnie in here get his opinion on uh, what he's watching between the Cowboys and the Packers. Is it more is – it, is it the personnel? Is it the play calling by the defensive coordinator, uh, Rob Marinelli? Um, I, I just don't believe in Rob Marinelli, and I never did once we announced that he was going to be a perfect dang in college. So, I mean, he wasn't a good defensive coordinator in college. So why would he be good in the pro? I don't know. But – uh, to me, he sucks, um, and and he's you can see he's terrified of Aaron Rodgers. He just don't know how to game plan for Aaron Rodgers. Um, our offense really got to step it up. So, Donnie, what are you? What are you? What are your thoughts on the game today? Well, let me say this: I've been uh, having better football to watch than y'all, so I've been uh, and I've been concerned about my right. fantasy. So I've been flipping back and forth with the Rams. And uh, and also the Seahawks and 
and and the Baltimore and um and the Raiders. So, but from what little I've seen, you can't blame Rob Marinelli. Let's just be real about it. Y'all's defense has struggled under, you know, all the way back to Wade Phillips. I mean, you know, under Rob Ryan, Wade Phillips, whoever the defensive coordinator is, y'all's defense has struggled over the last seven several years. Y'all have been more of an offensive team. And as I said earlier, y'all got, you know, you won the 50-50 games. The games like this last year, y'all found a way to win. This one's not over, so y'all still could. But I just predicted that your fortune would change, and it's going to be a lot of tough games like this. And despite what you think, uh, a 21-6 to lead on, on Green Bay in the third quarter is, is never a safe lead when you got Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the ball. So even when y'all were up by that much, I didn't expect y'all's defense to hold and pitch a shutout for the rest of the game. You know, this is the NFL. Them other guys get paid to play, too. But I did see a few few flaws as far as big Smith tackles, starting with Jalen Smith. Like you said, the, you know, the absence of Sean Lee is, is drastically noticeable because he's one of them Luke Keekley type of guys that gets in on every tackle. And even if he doesn't make it, he's around the ball. And that, and that forces action and, you know, forces the, the, the runner into other tackles in situations like that. Y'all are missing that a lot. And I saw, you know, some no-name running back, a guy I never heard of until this afternoon, gouge y'all for several long rushes. And and that just goes to, you know, that like y'all iterated that three-man front, and they're, they're, it's allowing the offensive linemen to push the three-man out of the way and then get to the second level and get on those linebackers as well. And then that creates holes, and heck, me, you, or JT can run through those big woos. So, you know, y'all gotta definitely got to do fix that scheme. But – the defense has been struggling for y'all for years. So, I just think it's a case of the offense is a play. Oh, I haven't even gotten around to the offense, which isn't playing as well this year either. You know, Dak Prescott is not a sophomore jinx. He's still playing okay. But he's just not making the big plays and the huge plays that he made last year. Ezekiel Elliott with the, you know, criminal case still over his head and not knowing if he's going to be in jail, you know, next week or suspended for six weeks or whatever, that has to affect him. And he's not running the ball as well. And maybe it all boils down to the offensive line just isn't blocking as well. But, yeah, it's going to be a long season. Y'all got a very tough schedule. So you're going to have to grind out some Ws. And like I said, this year I just don't think some of those are going to go y'all's way. So we'll see how the season shakes out. But y'all definitely need to figure out a way to win this game because you need games like this if you plan on making the playoffs this year. I would say thank you, Donnie, but you seem to be enjoying this a little bit too much, so uh, I'm going to move on. <laughs> I'm just calling it how I see uh, it, Chip. JT, uh, introduce our guest for us. Let us know what's going on. Well, definitely, uh, Ms. Felisa Harris. Um, she had, is an author. She'll tell you a little bit more about the conference that um, she has coming up October the 11th. I believe it's the 2017 Reset. Charlotte, um, tell us more about your event. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and um, what can we expect out of this conference? Well, like you said, the conference is uh, Reset Charlotte, um, Wednesday, October the 11th, so coming up pretty soon. And the conference is designed for participants to have the opportunity to um, really think about how to move forward if they're in the midst of a transition or change or they've had a tragedy or some situation in their life and um, designed for them to be in a safe, open space in a conference environment, you know, where they can talk. Um, We we have speakers coming throughout the day from a lot of different uh, areas, health, wellness, 
um, business, motivational. So we kind of have a, a day's worth of a lot of activities for participants. And with the goal of, you know, taking those ideas that they've heard or journeys and stories that they've heard and and really uh, pushing them to um, make a change if that's where they are, you know, uh, for themselves. Um, or even if – and the expectation is, of course, we're talking about a one-day conference, so not you're, everybody's just going to come out, you know, magically transformed. That's usually not how – change happens for most of us. It may be a aha moment. So some people may have that aha moment while they're at the conference or it may come, you know, come to them sometime later. Um, but, you know, we're excited to be able to offer the Charlotte community, you know, this conference uh, a little different than um, your, your, your standard conferences. So we're trying something a little bit different uh, to allow our participants really to kind of dig a little bit and um, open themselves up to the possibilities. Okay, so um, definitely the the impact that you want to have at the end of the conference, and after everybody is you know came out and been a part of that, what kind of impression did you do you want to leave um, on the community of, of Charlotte? Well, um, one of the biggest things is just realizing that uh, change is a part of is a part of us. And I think sometimes people think change has to be associated with, you know, just a singular event. And and that's just not true. We all have moments of change, you know, throughout our lives, throughout our lives. And so understanding that change is a part of who you are, and then you can get past whatever obstacles or barriers, or if you have to go back and refocus, um, participants, you know, will have the opportunity to see what that looks like. And so um, a lot of the speakers will have time to really share um, their journeys to where they are today and and will be able to see how their evolution in their careers or, you know, whatever personal choices um, they may have, you know, right in front of them. Participants are, are really get an opportunity to see that, and we're also going to videotape so people who are not able to join us on Wednesday will have materials out so that they can um, benefit from them um, as well. But we really move in parts, and so, you know, the biggest thing is for participants to come away with understanding, you know, we move through life in parts, and, you know, sometimes the ebb and flow is great, and sometimes it requires us to take a step back. We okay. also um, have a book for participants as well. So once they leave, uh, we have what they call these uh, a, a little chat book. So it's a, a quick book that they can really look at um, time to time. We'll have an online version. Participants will get a um, traditional hard copy. And the book, uh, like the conference, Resetting for Success, Discovering What You're Meant to Do is, you know, six chapters, and it just kind of takes you from understanding who you are to if you're going to embark on any kind of change, here are some things to consider. Um, and once you can make that consideration, you know, what is it you need to do next to go forward? 
I think one of the chapters we talk about being all in and closing doors, and sometimes people want to move forward, but they have not closed. I I use a lot of different metaphors, and doors is just one, but you've got to be able to let go of, you know, things in the past in order to go forward, and sometimes people want to take people and things and situations and jobs and, you know, all of that kind of baggage, and that often may leave them um, without the opportunity to move forward because they can't, sometimes it's just not possible to take everything with you. Um, so it, it it really is, again, an opportunity for people to, to discover, and they may get a, those nuggets of wisdom that they can take away from the conference, but they also can take the material particularly in the book, they can take the material and, and read it over and over again. It's a short enough book that you can read it, and, you know, the goal is for you to read it, and every time you read it, you may see something that you didn't see the first time, or you may see it in a different way. Great. Um, well, definitely. Um, we, we definitely have the, um, more information on the event at BigBlueRadio.com. Um, definitely, if you're in the Charlotte area. <clears throat> definitely, if you're in the Charlotte area. Yeah. Well, thank you. We we do appreciate it, and any uh, listeners still want to participate, uh, they can go to www.resetcharlotteeventbrite.com and uh, register, and we have we'll have on-site registration as well. Okay, great. We'll kick it back to you. All right. Well, uh, the Cowboys just gave up a uh, touchdown uh, to uh, the. Uh, Green Bay's defense, so the uh, Packers take a uh, 28-24 lead. Uh, I think they're going for two, but that's neither here nor there. We uh, we appreciate you, uh, Ms. Felicia, to come, for coming on and, and sharing about the Reset Charlotte event. Uh, I hope Thank this you. Is a, a huge, huge success. Like I said, we, we'll make it available on the website uh, okay. for people to check it out. And... Um, Good luck to you. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem. It's our pleasure. Definitely. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Definitely a pleasure. Yes. Uh, right now, I think we'll need to give some scores, updates, or something. I, I, I'm just strong right now. All right, uh, like I said, Green Bay took the lead on Dallas 28-24 with a uh, pick six by uh, Dak Prescott, which was not his fault. Terrence Williams just it just went through his hands, and and uh, it was awful. Um, Carolina up uh, beats 20, uh, Detroit 27-24 in a, a game that wasn't really that tight, but uh, Carolina holds on. And wins 27-24. Baltimore right now with a minute and four, a minute and eleven seconds left in the fourth quarter. Baltimore is all over Oakland, 30 to 17. Seattle and the Rams are real tight in that fourth quarter game. Three minutes and 29 seconds left. Seattle is up 13 to 10. 
Uh, Los Angeles Rams are driving, though. They have the ball on the uh, on their own 43-yard line. Um, some games that already went finals. Indianapolis over San Francisco, 26-23. Uh, Cincinnati over Buffalo, 20-16. Just ruined my parlay card. Um, Philadelphia, 34-7 to over Arizona. Uh, Los Angeles uh, Chargers, 27-22 over the New York Giants. New York Giants are awful, absolutely awful. Um, now they're even more awful. Uh, looks like Ster- uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be out. Uh, Sterling Shepard went out of the game. Marshall, uh, uh, Brandon Marshall went out of the game. Had no receivers. They called me to come, but I was all the way in North Carolina, so I couldn't make it. <laughs> Jacksonville dominated the Steelers thirty to nine. Jacksonville, I believe, are that defense is a beast. Um, I don't know how well they they are from uh, playing from behind, but so far when they when they got the lead, it's over. It's lights out. Shut it down. Uh, the New York Jets got another win, seventeen to fourteen over Cleveland. Deshaun Kaiser got. Uh, benched in that game, uh, so we'll see what his future is like from here out. And uh, uh, Miami actually beat Tennessee after the, the 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 display that they put on last week. They come back and get a win over Titans, uh, with sixteen to ten. With uh, without you know Titans quarterback was out. Marcus Mariota was out of the um, out of the game. He didn't play this this week. So. There's your updates on the scores, and we'll get into back into some more conversation. But I want to take a quick break for the old school jam of the day, which I didn't have anything picked out, but we'll figure out something real quick for y'all. Um, play that and that. Let's hey, do some. Uh, let's yeah. Uh. What I what I see what I see Odell Beckham is done for the year, man. I think he broke his fibula. He's supposed to have surgery this week. Wow. Yeah, I saw it live, and and everything from his shin down popped. It looked like Terry or Joe Theismann when Lawrence Taylor wrecked his leg. I mean, it wasn't that bad. That is a little bit dramatic, but as soon as I saw it, I, I I was in pain, and I knew he was out for the season. Yeah, that man was shedding real tears, man. No, yeah, that was not. I'm disappointed. I'm lost for the season tears. That's I'm in pain tears. Yeah, and yeah. I felt bad for that young man laying on the turf at that moment. Yeah. Wow. I did too. Yeah, as much yeah. as I don't like Odell, yeah, I don't. I don't want to ever see anybody happy like that. And who knows if he'll ever be the same coming back? Um, we shall see, but. You know, when you get something serious like that, you, you're not really the same after that. Well, a lot of players aren't anyway. Odell Beckham might be a different beast because he is a hard worker, um, despite of what people may say about him and partying and hanging out on the boat with no shirts with the fellas. But um, for the most part, <laughs> he's serious. You know, he's serious about his craft. So, um a speedy recovery. They still had a, uh, they still had a chance to win that game, man. Just Eli threw an interception, man. It just killed him, man. Wow. Yeah, but he ain't have nobody to throw it to, JT. And when you ain't got guys that that demand 
you know, serious coverage and can't get open and separation from the receivers. You know, it's the reason why those guys are fourth and fifth string wide receivers. Even though they are professionals, they get paid to play. They are good at by, you know, wide receiver standards. But in the NFL, it's the reason why you're fourth and 15 and the reason why you're going against the first team defense. And Eli, you know, no excuse on him because he's been struggling all season long and all the way through last year as well, in my opinion. And it may be time for the Giants to consider it grooming somebody else like the Packers did Aaron Rodgers. But anyway, long story short, Eli, I'm not, you know, making excuses for his struggles. But down the stretch, you know, like you said, he just didn't have nobody to throw it to. And and, and couldn't nobody get open. So it ended up ending in the pick. Yep, that makes it difficult. All right, old school song today. Got my man Jermaine Stewart. I bet you this is one you ain't heard in a while. We don't have to take our clothes off. Keep it locked right here. God Squad 66 Entertainment Network. Off topic. Big Boo, JT, and Donnie. We'll be right back.
66 Network Radio has got your week covered. Here's your weekly lineup. Monday, Alicia Melton, 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Our guest is Glory. Deborah Toulet, Life on Purpose at 8 p.m. Eastern. The Jay Lock Show, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Big Woo Radio, Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern with Donnie, JT, and Big Woo himself. The Hunter's Talk with author J.W. and Pastor A.K. Hunter at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Big Woo Radio, Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you so much for tuning in to the God Squad Network 66 Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Off Topic with Big Boo, JT, and Donnie. Streaming live on the Big Boo Radio app. Broadcasting live the God Squad 66 Entertainment Network. Here's your hosts, Jake, JT Thompson, Adonis, Donnie Martin, and Big Boo. Yeah, man, yeah, what's up? Welcome back to the program, 917-889-2888. One is the number to call to get in on the program. Just push one on your phone if you have a comment or a question, or if you just want to say, hey, fellas, I'm listening to the show. Great show. Keep it up. We like that kind of stuff. So um, the Cowboys are moving the ball right along. They uh, decided to find a running game, or decided to run the ball a little bit. Uh, they are in uh, the red zone, I do believe, and knocking on the door. So hopefully they'll get this. Touchdown and defense will be able to stand up and, and do something. Um, oh, thanks, everybody, for listening on BigWooRadio.com. Um, we appreciate that, everybody that's going back and listening to the podcast. Um, if that's what you're doing, we appreciate that, too. Just make sure you follow us on Spreaker um, and follow us on all of our Facebook pages, uh, Big Woo Radio, uh, Facebook, Off Topic on Facebook, and uh, the Floyd Poetry Show on Facebook. So, uh, we try to keep it fresh, so make sure you tune in this Friday on the Florida Poetry Show. We got a couple great guests and the brutally honest segment. That's always a blast. Uh, oh man, oh man, I've got I still got music playing. <laughs> um, big deal or not a big deal, um, Donnie? Cam's comments about well, I'm sure you've heard it. You've 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 uh, we've been uh, told about it at nauseum. So, what are your thoughts on the comments? Big deal or not a very big deal? Well, let me say this first. You work absolutely song of the day. I haven't heard that in a mighty long time. 
and I respectfully disagree with the young lady. I don't think the, uh, we have fun until we take our clothes off. That's just my opinion. But as far as Cam Newton goes, uh, he doesn't – to me, it was a big – I mean, it was overblown. I, I, I understand why it could be taking offensive at, to what he said because my opinion on the situation is you were in the room. She was obviously in that room with a bunch of other professionals, so therefore she has credentials and she knows what she's talking about and must be taken as seriously and given as much respect as every other person in that room because you don't just get slapped in the NFL press room. You know what's going on. So to be here, anybody in that room mention a route, female or male otherwise, to me seems like, come on, Cam, get with the program. Like, I mean, we got Susie Colbert and hosting the NFL you know, morning show. Come on, you know, women yeah. Women are more involved in what you think, and especially those that are involved in the field. We got to get past that. But the reaction to it was far way overblown. And I feel like the bar in this country, in my opinion, has been lowered. If y'all let Donald Trump get away with the things that he is allowed to say, he said as the president of the United States, he sets the precedent. And therefore, I feel like in comparison to any and all the idiotic things that he's done and said in the past year and a half, like Cam Newton's comments were literally nothing. I mean, we haven't seen this much uproar over anything Donald Trump said, including grabbing by the you-know-what. And people got absolutely ridiculous with it. And then I heard it became an issue because of the fact that he said the word female as opposed to woman. When he said, I never heard a female say that. That in itself, just the misuse of the word or, or the lack thereof using the word woman has become an issue. I mean, last I looked, the woman is a female. So I can use, it's not like I called her a dame or a broad or something, something that could be taken as derogatory. When did the misuse of the word female become, you know, uh, 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 not allowed in this country? That's the same as you're not allowed to call a black person black anymore. You have to call them African American, or if not, you might be racist. Like, that's ridiculous. Come on. And yeah. so I think the comment got I think that it got way blown out of proportion and I'm glad to see Cam didn't let that affect his play on the field today. But it's another one of those things where, you know, people jumped the gun early, sponsors pulled out, backed out on him, but I think they'll regret it in the end. And we'll be, you That's know, my, knocking back on Cam's door. And this is my question for you, J T. Dan and Oikos uh, drop cam like the next day, I believe. Uh, it was like I don't even know if it was the next day. It might have been that evening. But um, do you think Dannon reacted too soon to dropping cam from their campaign? Well, I mean, they did what they needed to do in order to satisfy their their customer base or whatever. But um, the other the other um, people that endorsed cam kept him on. Um, and I also want to give respect to Cam Newton because in his interview today after the game with Pam Oliver, he shouldered the responsibility and said that it was a learning experience for him. Um, and essentially just putting the, putting the whole thing behind him. So, I mean, you know, that to me is growth within itself. And I can, yep. live, with, I can live with that for what it really is. Um, you know, and to see him go out and have a monster game like he had today, he let his his feel on the play um, talk for him today instead of him opening his mouth. And like he said, his sarcasm sometimes is not was isn't you know always up to par. And I mean, you know, what I'm saying he's showing growth not just as an athlete but as a person. So yeah, Danny, I mean, you made your decision, and the way I look at it, it's y'all's loss. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, yeah, I never F- even F- heard. F- I heard F- of Danon, but I never heard of that Boikos, whatever that yogurt is. And the only reason why I know anybody would buy it is because of Cam Newton. So yeah, I think Danon gonna feel the effects a lot more than Cam Newton will in the long run. But um, JT, not only was that apology after the game that he issued, but he issued another one prior to that, you know, and, and he basically apologized for the entire situation, you know, apologized to all women and whom he offended. And like you said, he took ownership and responsibility and realized that, you know, I messed up. So we, I think we just need to all move forward from this and let that issue die yeah. out as soon as possible. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I mean, I'm in total agreement of it, and I'm glad – that he stepped up and he would be on the primetime stage again this Thursday night in a huge matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles in the battle. And I will lost. be in the building. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> no doubt. Scott, are you going to that game for real? Yes, sir. My mom and my aunt and my cousin are all Eagles fans, so they got tickets. So I'm walking in with the enemy, but I will be live in the in the building for that game Thursday night. No doubt. Okay, I'm cool. I might be going to that game too. Uh, somebody's supposed to be getting me a ticket, so I might. I'm, I'm gonna call you up and we hook up. Okay, definitely. That sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, good. I'm gonna need some support. Yeah, no doubt. I'll be there. I'll be there in the building. Um, uh, speaking of the the Panthers and Cam Newton, uh, now four and one, winning games that nobody thought they would win uh, the New England game. I'm sure a lot of people didn't think they were going to win the Detroit game with those games being on the road as well. Philadelphia comes in uh, after uh, just brutalizing um, Arizona today. Uh, Philadelphia looked like they the real deal. Uh, I think I think uh, if the Panthers play well on offense, that they'll they'll win this game against Philadelphia at home. Uh, they haven't played well at home yet. That's 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 the only problem. <laughs> we we they four and one, but they ain't played good at home. Um, with, with the way the Panthers are playing uh, these these first uh, five games of the season, do you think uh, they can win this division? Uh, will they win this division? Considering the the Atlanta Falcons. Um, considering what what the the Saints have been doing as of late, and even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the way they've been playing, this is a, a tough division. So I'm gonna ask you guys. I'll start with you, JT. Do you feel like the Panthers are primed to win this division this year? Yeah, um, they showed me something when they play on the field, um, and I think the two critical games is left in the Panthers' schedule outside of this game against Philadelphia. All those games left against Atlanta. If they beat Atlanta both times, without question, I think the Panthers go deep in the playoffs. But they have the momentum right now that they have to capitalize on in order to make make the deep push that they're looking to make like they did two years ago. They have the ingredients to do it. They just got to execute on the field. This is their time now. This is what you need. This is the type of momentum that you need in order to get that done. I'd say one little thing about Philadelphia Eagles. Remember they got off to a fast start last season, and then all of a sudden when we got to the midway point, after a loss to the Panthers, they faded away. So I'm not even going to speak on them yet until we get into the months of November and December because that's where they faded away last year. But, yes, I do think the Panthers are well on their way to making the deep playoff runs. But watch those games 
against Atlanta because they're going to be terribly important. Yeah. Uh, the next game against uh, the Saints, I think, is going to be important, too, and the game to Tampa Bay. Um, Donnie, what, how do you feel uh, about this? You know, with it being our team, we we almost can be biased at times. But, I mean, honestly, if this defense don't stop playing those prevent defenses when they got a big lead and just uh, take their foot off the gas, I can't see them being a Super Bowl team but I'm with you, JT, as far as them going deep in the playoffs. But I, I don't, I don't. They, they have to play better. And when, when you got a team down and you got your, your foot on their neck, you have to um, finish the deal. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta finish these teams off, man. And, and that, that don't seem to be what the Panthers do, as well as my Cowboys. They, they, they seem to be playing the same kind of defense when they get a lead. They they want to go home for whatever reason and 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 uh, stop playing defense and and I think it's a lot of it has to do with sitting back playing and prevent prevent defense playing the zones you know and letting teams pick you apart because I mean the whole beginning of that game Detroit couldn't do nothing all of a sudden when the Panthers get up by two touchdowns um, or three scores actually. Then they let the the Detroit Lions back in it. I, I can't see them um, continue to be able to win doing things like that against great quarterbacks like uh, Matthew Stafford. What say you, Donnie? <clears throat> well, you know, well, let me say this first. I, that was my um, bold state bold pick preseason is that I thought the Panthers would win the division, and I, you know I still stand by that statement. But it's definitely not going to be an easy road. Um, looking at the team, I, I'm you know I'm impressed that they're four and one, but sometimes I wonder how they got that way. Even though I watch pretty much all of the plays, it's still you know it's like wow. I don't know if we should be four and one right now at this point. And you know Cam just started playing well the last two weeks, which is a good sign. I like to see that him and Kelvin Benjamin are finally you know hooking up, and um, as well as with Devin Funches. But we still have an issue in the running game. Christian McCaffrey has gotten his yards in spurts. You know, he may have a big, a nice big play here and there, but for the most part, you know, is I, I don't know if he's just not getting enough touches, or uh, well, matter of fact, I think that's exactly what the case is. I think he's just not getting enough touches. And then as far as Jonathan Stewart, I don't know if the O line isn't blocking for him or if he just can't run anymore. But he hasn't looked good to me pretty much all season, which is a concern out of the starting running back. But and I'm also more concerned about the schedule and how they'll play against different teams. Like we said, we got the Eagles coming up. You know, please don't get caught up in the trap game against the Bears and lose that to a rookie quarterback. you got to take care of business the following Sunday. Then you got two division games back-to-back after that in the Bucks and the Falcons, which are both tough. And then you play the AFC East and the Dolphins and the Jets for the next two after that, who both of those teams, although, you know, the Jets, I didn't think we were going to be as good this year playing well, still don't think we're legit, so you have to win that game. And same thing with the Dolphins. Even though the Dolphins are one and four, they could still go out there and beat you. So the Panthers just have to, you know, stay focused, do what you've been doing that's been getting you these W's, even though I still don't I don't know how we've been pulling them off. And also, you know, see if you can tighten up the secondary. Because like you said, Daryl Worley and, um, oh, man, what's his name, Brackenberry, they've been getting toasted a little bit. And been having a, you know, uh, Daryl Worley got flagged for two, you know, pass interferences today that cost us huge yards. And one more thing, one more concern that I have 
is is a player, Cam Newton, which we've been discussing all season long. He still has to get better. I've been watching him in the pocket. And when he goes to throw, it's almost like he's throwing it up in the air. As a, but it still comes out on a straight bullet line and sometimes way too fast for his for his uh, heart for his receiver to catch, but the technique of it is still just it, it seems like it just needs some work to me. And you know he did he did so well today, but that's a concern of mine moving forward. The Cam definitely is going to have to play better as the season progresses. But all in all, I'm excited about the Panthers and I'm looking forward to them in the future. Yo, Donnie, you remind me of number to get in on the <laughs> Well, now you reminded me of something. That I made a bold prediction, too. I was the only one on the panel that said that the Jets were going to be above 500 after five games. And no, I'm no, right no, no, no. Let me, let me stop you. Let me stop you there. Because I, I, I said we would be three and two. Because uh, that's the only three games that I thought we would win all year long. And I was hoping like heck we would beat Miami and actually be 4-1 at this point. And I think moving forward, my Jets will struggle. But the three things I thought we would beat, we would we did beat. Jacksonville, Cleveland, and Miami. Uh, but uh, and Buffalo, sorry, is the team we lost to. But I did want to give you major props, JT, because you were definitely the only one that said my Jets were going to look halfway decent this year. And even though I thought they were going to get those three wins that we got, I definitely didn't expect the Jets to look as good as we've actually looked. And you called it. And I want to give big props to you for that because I'll be honest, man, as an insider, I did not see what you saw coming out of my boys. So, yeah, major props to you on that right there. Absolutely. Yeah, man, they follow through. It's just about personnel, man. And what I've seen is, you know, sometimes you might not look the best on paper. If you go out there and play and grind it out and play the yep. whole ball game, give yourself yep. a chance to win. That's what the Jets have been doing. Yeah. Yep. And I'm actually kind of liking our personnel. I, it, it's names that I, I wasn't, you know, sure of or certain of before. But those guys are coming to play. You know, Demario Davis, he used to be our third or fourth linebacker when his first go-around. He came back from Cleveland. Now he's our number one guy. Darren Lee, who I thought was too small at linebacker when he was drafted out of Ohio State, he's been balling. You know, we got um, Buster Screen back, and he's been playing well. You know, our two rookie safeties, um, Jamal Adams and, and, and Marcus May, both of them have been playing well. So I, kudos to the Jets front office for getting players that I just did not know of and did not expect to be this good this early. And they got a nice mix. Our defensive line is still stout, and everybody's looking good. But, yeah, kudos to you, JP, for seeing that. And the Jets front off because y'all had me stumped for a while. Uh, 45 seconds left. Cowboys are up 31-28. Aaron Rodgers has the ball near the 50-yard line. Uh, My son is in there losing his mind. Let's go, He's thinking the, the, the Cowboys are going to lose this game. I'm trying to tell Let's you go it's not going, not going down today. Leaving any time on the clock was going to be a problem with Aaron Rodgers with the ball, man. But I think got to hold faith that they're going to hold on, man. This running game is, is really embarrassing. Faith all y'all want, but y'all about to go down. <laughs> and I'm going to well, love it. We, we shall. They're they going to need something. They're going to need a big play. But, hey, Rod's going to throw one more up into the books. Uh, yeah, 917-889-2821. I'm trying to host it and watch the same time because I'm about to lose my mind. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, oh, Sunday night game. Let's preview. Well, we'll do that when we come back. I'm going to do the uh, 
uh, inspirational song of the day. I think I'm going to play my girl, Jessie Story. I haven't uh, heard from her in a minute. So let's play some Jessie Story because she's an inspiration anyway. Uh, the song that she uh, that she done, man, it's called, um, oh, let me find it. I'm sorry, people. Let me get to it right quick. Jessie, where you at? There she is. Jessie Story. And it's a call, song called Press Rewind. It's about her fallen husband. Uh, but it's a nice song. So keep it locked right here at God Squad 66 Entertainment Network. We'll be right back to preview the Sunday night games and the Monday night game. Be right back. I can remember when we
Welcome back. You're listening to Off Topic with Big Boo, JT, and Donnie. Streaming live on the Big Boo Radio app. Broadcasting live on the Dodd Squad 66 Entertainment Network. Here's your host, James, JT Thompson, Adonis, Donnie Martin, and Big Woo. Yeah, welcome back, welcome back. Off Topic, Big Woo, JT, and Donnie on the Dodd Squad 66 Entertainment Network. Big Woo Radio was in the building. Uh, Shouts out to everybody that's listening live on BigWooRadio.com. Everybody that's going back uh, and listening to the podcast on iTunes and tune in. We appreciate all your support. Uh, Cowboys just uh, probably lost the game. It's 11 seconds left. The Packers went up 35-31. Rob Marinelli needs to be fired, man. That's just bad defensive play calling. You say personnel, you say, uh, but when you got one dude trying to cover uh, Devontae Adams and, and Ryan Rodgers is throwing the ball to him and you don't put no pressure on Aaron Rodgers, then you just suck as a defensive coordinator to me. You're just stupid. That's just dumb. Uh, all the way down the field, just dumb. Dumb play calling. You didn't put any pressure on Aaron Rodgers at all. Just let him sit back there and do whatever. Once you did put some pressure on him, he broke the tackle, got out, got the first down, got in. You know, it's just, uh, it's just sickening to watch that defense. And um, somebody needs to be fired. But it won't happen because I don't know if Rob Marinelli is, uh, I don't know if he's related to Jerry Jones or what have you. He's a puppet of Jerry Jones's. He don't fire oh. his puppets. So if, you, you know, if you're not his puppet, then, you know, you, you get fired. Uh, because, Donnie, you had mentioned going back to uh, Rob, um, not Rob Reiner. Uh, Rob, Rob Reiner. Reiner. Yeah, Rob Ryan, Wade Phillips. Uh, and, I mean, you name it. Rob Ryan had, uh, had, I think he had an excuse. He had some injured players the year uh, that, yeah, that I agree. they did. There were some injured players. And then with um, what, uh, the other guy that you mentioned, um, the other defensive coordinator that, that they fired after two years, it was just ridiculous. I, I, I had no mm-hmm. idea why they was firing him. We didn't have any personnel then at that time. We didn't really had nobody. Um, oh, but he was he was doing well. It's just bad decisions made by Jerry Jones all the way around when it comes to defensive coordinators. Uh, so, but he won't fire Rob Marinelli because um, if he was going to do it, he would have done it last year because we were terrible last year. But we had a good record, so I guess that's why he hung on. But, uh, but this is three years that he's been the the defensive coordinator, three of, and he had one good year, and that which was last year. Uh, because, but but Aaron Rodgers exposed us in the playoffs. Uh, but you see that the offense was holding up this defense, um, and so you know we're gonna take another L because of our defense. Basically, we put up 31 points. We're gonna take another L. We put up 30 points last year. I mean, last week we're gonna take a, we're gonna, and we took an L then. Um, what, what do we do? Uh, the week before that, we put up uh, 28 points. We won against the Cardinals, but we see the Cardinals ain't nothing. Um, so, you know, you, you lose a game and you put up 31 points. It's on your defense. It's obviously on the defense. You can say Aaron Rodgers this, Aaron Rodgers that, but good defense. Aaron Rodgers is, is a pedestrian. We run, 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 dude. Run. Oh, man, man it's crazy. You can scream uh, at the TV all you want, JT, man, but it's, it might be yo. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. I, and I'd like to point out that um, – Big Woo, you know, speaking of picking up 31, when you put up 97 in fantasy, 
and still get blew out by Team Martin, you know, 114 to 97. <laughs> I know that sucks too. So I did just want to point that out that, you know, the Cowboys lost and you took an L in the fantasy league today. <laughs> wow. And a lot of that is due to that uh, that – that Devontae Adams big play right there he just had. So I got 25 points from Devontae for the game, and I, I, I appreciate you, Cowboys. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. their defense is – we're going to take a lot of L's if our defense don't get better. And uh, it's not going to get better as long as we – Kelly. You can't I'm going to say there's going to be some changes in the off, in the off feet. Well, I'm going to say somebody's going to get fired, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say – it's going to be Rob Manelli. In this bye week, in these next two weeks, a change is going to happen on that defensive side of the ball, mm. coaching-wise. Mm. Yes, it's got to happen. Something's got to happen or, you know, I'm just not going to even watch the Cowboys no more because this is just it's sickening to watch this defense do nothing. When you've got talented guys like Demarcus Lawrence, Irving, um, Hitchens came back, and we still look uh, awful on defense. Can't stop the run. We only gave up, what, four 100-yard uh, uh, rush, rushes this year? That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. It's just, I, it's, it's just sickening. Sick is what I am right now. Sick. Mm. Uh, anybody got anything they want to talk about? I don't know. I'm just so. <laughs> yeah, um, hey, I'm a, I want to bring up something. I don't know if you've seen the headlines, but um, our vice president, so to speak, was at the game in Indianapolis, and I don't know if y'all caught this, but he walked, he left the game after the national anthem because somebody took a knee. Wow. And he, he seemed to uh, call out Colin Kaepernick after he left and blaming him for all of this what's going on. He made a statement which is circulating, you know, all over the Internet now. But, yeah, he left the uh, the Colts in the 49ers game, <coughs> called out Colin Kaepernick um, as he was leaving because I guess it was it was really obvious the fact that that's why he was disgruntled and wasn't saying for the game. And he actually called out Kaepernick and placed the blame on him as to why all these players are doing what they're doing. Is if you don't understand it, you don't get the point, of why all of that had happened anyway, for you to say and call out Kaepernick and then get mad enough to leave the game because somebody protested during the anthem says a lot about the leadership in this country, says a lot about the mindset of the leadership in this country. And um, I'd be interested to see what's the general thinking because I'm pretty sure this will be talked about and a lot of the shows and stuff coming into, you know, going into tomorrow. But um, interesting that that was the headline, even though the headline that sort of stood out in that game was the fact not only did the Colts get a win, but they also honored Peyton Manning and put him up in the, the rank or, you know, whatever, in the stadium or whatnot. But that's the headline that comes out of that game is our vice president leaving that game because of a protest. Wow. wow. Let me say in response to that. First off, um, kudos to the Colts. Thank you. You know, you, you're supposed to honor Peyton Manning. Led you to a Super Bowl and, and then, you know, brought that franchise to another level that they hadn't been for a while, sustained excellence for over a decade. But in response to what you call it, and trust me, I had to think about his name when you mentioned it 
But now that I know it, I'm definitely not going to repeat it because I don't care to. But the vice president of this country, I could see if an average fan were to get upset and you, first of all, you're dumb for paying your money, knowing good and well that players are protesting and that there's a strong possibility that you may see that in the, in, at, the, at the game. I understand, you know, if you want to walk out, understood. But as the vice president of the United States, you've got much bigger problems on your plate. You A, just like everybody else who attended the game, you knew it was a possibility that it, that it would happen. So be prepared for Absolutely. it and don't make that your excuse. And then you want to stand up there and blame Colin Kaepernick when your buddy, the commander-in-chief, is tossing paper towels and blaming Puerto Ricans for the budget that because of the natural disaster that affected and crushed their country after he held out on his own bet and, and, and or his own investment in the country, which helped bankrupt them. And, he, and you, you know, we got North Korea minutes away from wanting to nuke us and every other country in the world. And ba- based on the actions of our president, we got Russia two snaps of a finger away from dropping a missile on New York City. And you worried about players protesting at a daggone football game? I mean, get your priorities together. You should be somewhere in the White House. You actually, you should be somewhere in an underground bunker because I'm quite sure it's somebody in this country that wants to absolutely take your head off. So you need to be on guard at all times and not out in public at football games. But how dare you stand up and try to make Colin Kaepernick a victim? And and you're also missing, like JC said, missing the daggone point of why Colin Kaepernick is protesting. Stop blaming him for the fact that, you know, you feel like he's disrespecting the flag when even soldiers in the United States military understand that he's not disrespecting the flag and that he's doing it for the injustice of black Americans in the United States of America. Focus on that instead of the fact that you upset that a couple players kneeled at a game, which you, if you have a TV in your house, you have to know it's been happening for the last couple of weeks. And a lot of them are kneeling in protest to which your idiot guy said about their league. So let's just keep that in mind. So my, I was about to say his name. So what you call it? Sit down, have several seats. And I bitch, I bitch with, wish Big Wu had that cue for you, a jerk, so we can play that jerk of the week clip. <laughs> Hey, 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 the other thing, too, it is the Colts players wore black T-shirts saying we will stand for equality and justice. And over 25 players for the 49ers kneeled during the national anthem. Mm. That is what upset uh, whatchamacallit. And he came out with a tweet, which they're so famous for, saying, I will not dignify any event that disrespects our national anthem in our flag. Man, whatever. Stop missing the point, man. Have several seats. You got bigger problems on your plate. That should be issue number 589 for you because you got 587 that are a whole lot more important than what you saw today that you had to have expected. Now, sit down and have several seats. And you had your 15 minutes of frame. Now, sit down. Yeah, this is almost like it was a uh, – like it was – like it was planned out that he would do this because you had, like you said, that's I mean, what I'm saying. That's what knowing. I'm feeling like, Big Wu. You had, it, it, you, like you said, it feels awfully fishy. Like you wanted this yeah. moment to try to deflect some attention away from 45 and you know put the blame back. Focus your rally group back on on, on Colin Kaepernick and not everything else that y'all doing wrong. Uh, absolutely, yeah. that's a, it's distractions. They want distractions from all the things that are being said and being done mm-hmm. uh, or, or things that are being done by Donald Trump and, and his presidency. Mm-hmm. Mike Pence uh, what? Mike Pence is the one that set this whole thing up. Well, I, I think Trump might have been the one 
that yep. <laughs> that one of them idiots I continue to make. And it's probably neither one of them. It's the team around them because obviously the team around them does little to nothing to prep these guys for the situations they'll be in. When you got the idiot president tossing pepper towels out to a crowd of people who've just been devastated and been over two weeks without power, food, and water, and you out here tossing paper towels, throwing jump shots, flicking the wrist, you know, obviously your team did not prep you for the situation at hand. You count bodies. How many dead? Oh, this is not a bad compared to, you know, blah, blah, to what happened to Katrina. So you can try to get, you know, like like that, that's okay that you had less bodies. So this dude is, like I said, their team, they're, their whole street team. If this is a record label, you'd have to fire the street team. Their whole street team needs to be fired because they obviously don't prep these guys for public appearances and things to say. And and, and the old boy showed that again today. Yeah, yeah it's just. This is atrocity, man. It's just, uh, and you can tell this was set up, man. You can just, I can just feel it in my bones yep. because, <laughs> yep. And, and yeah, it's easy for you to walk out when you ain't got to pay for the ticket. <laughs> I'm telling you that. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> easy to get up and walk. I'm not standing here for this unless unless you drop three, four hundred dollars. Then you gonna sit there and watch that game. I don't care. You might boo uh-huh. for them kneeling, boo, whatever. I can do. Yeah, I do that. Sure. But am I yeah. gonna leave if I got four hundred dollars? If I don't had to buy every, nope. I don't know who I mean had there with him, but I'm sure if he had to come out, come out of his pocket, it'd been a couple thousand dollars yep. to pay for everybody that was. <laughs> you ain't leaving that game. You are gonna be right there watching that game. So this was a setup from the beginning to deflect yep. from forty. Like you said, Donnie, I, I, I most yep. certainly agree with that. Yep. All right, 917-889-2821 is the number to call. We got about a little over 17 minutes left in the show. I uh, I, I meant to hit you up, uh, Donnie, and see if you had a top ten for us, but we'll get, you, we'll get one from you next week. Um, All right, most uh, definitely. Next week, either Saturday, Sunday, whichever one. But, uh, JT, you got over and under for us? Yeah, yeah. Alright, we ready to do that. Is it over? Is it under? It's time for JT's Over Under. Over Under. Over Under. Over Under. Over Under. Alright, man. A lot of people are talking um, uh, NBA talk, man, because the season is, is right by less than nine days away. And the big talk is that OKC. The Thunder, man, that they're going to make some noise this year. And there are a lot of people saying that they got a chance to to, to knock off Golden State. Um, over under, would you legitimately say that OKC is a legit threat to Golden State's next title run? Go ahead, Doc. You want me to go first? Oh, I'm going under. I don't think they're a legit threat. Not yet. I Like I uh, repeatedly said, I think they're one move away, and I feel like the perfect move for them would be somebody like Serge Ibaka. Rebounds, plays tough D, can stick with somebody like Draymond Green, just as athletic, if not more athletic, you know, can shoot the jumper, and, 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 and could really give OKC an inside presence to go along with Steven Adams. But until they get that piece, I feel like they're one piece short. I feel like you live by the jump shot, you die by the jump shot, and no team in the league shoots like Golden State, including Oklahoma, with the addition of Paul George and, and Carmelo. I think they're going to try to rely on it way too much and not shoot a good a field goal percentage 
And so, therefore, when all your most of your points are relied, you know, up on from the perimeter, then you know, night in and night out, you may struggle. It helps to have three superstars, but but I also feel like I feel like it's going to be a time period where they have to figure each other out. So the first several weeks, it's not just going to be some, you know, hey, this ain't an Olympic team. You can't just jail immediately, and it's going to take a while to right. figure things out. But all in all, I, I, you know, not being biased, everybody knows I'm a Timberwolves fan, but I feel like Minnesota has a better chance because they have a defensive-minded team that's stacked at every position as well as a deeper bench in Oklahoma City. So, you know, I think my T-Wolves are going to have the same issue. Everybody's going to have to have a, a time to gel and figure out their role on that team. There's going to be a lot of guys first time playing with each other. But I think once that happens, with the leadership of the veterans like Jamal Crawford, Taj Gibson, and Jimmy Butler, you know, they can bring the young guys along, and I think they got enough talent to get it done. But we as a franchise haven't figured out a way to win, so we're going to have to change the culture in that and, and not worry about numbers and figure out a way to win. But I think Minnesota is a better competition to to Golden State than OKC is. Uh, I mm. Right now, you have to say no. You have to take the uh, the under. But uh, I think once the season gets to the playoff stage and if OKC is right there in the thick of things in the playoff stage, I believe that's when you'll start realizing that this team is really good. Um, just let the reigning MVP, Russell Westbrook, do his thing and just make shots when he calls on you. Make your shots. That's all you got to do. The pressure is off of you, um, um, Carmelo. There's no pressure. So I think you're going to see once uh, Carmelo realized that, hey, this is not my team. I'm here to help and play his role, then you'll see them gel better. If If they're able to get along with Russell, and understand that it is, it is his team. Um, I think adding those two pieces, what Russell Westbrook already done by himself, kind of put them in the you know the top echelon or the 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 the, the team to because because they're veteran guys too. I understand the Minnesota Timberwolves, but those are younger guys. They yeah. uh, you know they they had they do have a, a they got a nice young squad. I just don't think it's their yeah. time yet. But um, with with these guys, when you're adding pieces that are veterans, I think you get uh, a quicker uh, a chemistry, uh, so to speak. And these guys do get to play. They play in the summertime. You know, they play together in, yeah. in the Olympics. Uh, I, I agree with you. It's different than to just say, Here, here's a bunch of superstars, uh, go win. Uh, it's different in the Olympics than the, the NBA because you're talking about the best players in the world in the NBA. You're talking about the mm-hmm. Olympics, you got a lot of – in the Olympics, but they're not the best player. Most of those teams are not don't have the best players in the world on the team. But yeah. with that said, these three guys are appear to be unselfish. You know, Paul George <laughs> and Hello Anthony. I know they're used to being the man on their, t- their their respective teams, Indiana, New York. But now they're going somewhere where the pressure is off. You can play. Uh, more freely, have more fun. You don't have the pressure of even with them adding these three pieces. If they read the papers, if they look at the news, uh, any NBA sports news, then they'll know nobody's expecting them to do anything. So they don't have any pressure to be like with LeBron and LeBron and 
he got together and Bosch when they got together and and all the pressure was on them to win so many championships because they were number one, number two, and, and I guess number five, six, seven player in the in the NBA to join in forces. So you had this everybody had this expectation of them winning. Um, Carmelo joins OKC, Paul George joins OKC, and Russell Westbrook um, five or six years ago, then you got a different conversation about the pressure. But now there's no pressure because nobody expects them to to, to beat um, uh, Golden State. So I think that's going to be a more of a driving force uh, coming as the underdog, even with these three superstars being on the same team. So I believe you're going to get a, a, a kind of fight and it's going to come down to coaching, too, how well he's able to get them to buy in to Russell Westbrook leading his team, do it the way we done it last year, just make the shots that that um, when Russell kicks it out, make the shot. Um, if you got you – know, if you one-on-one with somebody, beat your man, make the shot. And, and so I, I think they are a – they will be a, a match – that I would like to see between OKC and Golden State. I would love to see that matchup uh, for for a number of reasons. One, I like to see Russell Westbrook get revenge on K on, on Kevin Durant uh, for leaving like that. You know, so I, that's going to be a storyline. And then the fact that Carmelo Anthony, you know, ha- hasn't been in a position like this where he actually has a chance to go to the finals. This is this is probably his best chance that he he's had his whole career. So I look forward to seeing that matchup. I would, I would much rather see that matchup in the Western Conference Finals than any other matchup. Really, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not really. I don't think it's going or going to be a, a, a threat. But uh, like you said, those Minnesota Timberwolves, man, look like they they might be the ones that actually knock the Warriors off. Maybe not this year, but I think when it comes down to it, uh, next year maybe. Um, we'll see what happens, but I do think the uh, OKC will have a chance. They gel, and, and, and it's, it's contingent on how well these guys play together and how well they're willing, uh, or if they're willing, give the stage to Russell Westbrook, and I think they will be. All right, JT, you got another one? Yeah, man, that's a good one, man. Yesterday, Western Michigan and Buffalo kicked off at 3.45 p.m. That game wasn't over until after 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Well, here's why. They combined to score 139 points, and they played seven overtimes. Um, it's the fourth game ever in college football history to go seven overtimes. And um, Western Michigan beat Buffalo 71-68. My question to you is, are games like this, they keep you energized and excited about what can happen in, in the competitors? of college football over under a game like this which is a rare team we might not see another game like this for another 20 or 30 years but just to get y'all's thoughts on that alright Don man heck no I, I, I gotta go home I don't need to be sitting in this game this long I'm supposed to come out here and see a three and a half hour game I do not like the rules in college football where you go on and on until you finally get a winner. I do wish they would go back to the days of the tie. 
I remember Ohio State not too long ago, a few years ago, had a, a six or seven overtime game, and it was ridiculous. I mean, guys out there gasping for air, you know, winded, and then not to mention you get inflated stats. A guy ends up with that game at the end of regulation, if I'm not mistaken, was 21 to 21, and then seven overtimes later is 73 to 67. You know, you just threw 10 more touch total touchdowns in the game, inflating everybody's stats on both sides. So now some – silly quarterback and, you know, threw for seven touchdowns and a running back ran for three more all over a game that should have been over four hours earlier. Uh, I think that those rules are absolutely ridiculous. They need to go, I think, three overtimes maximum. I know they switch rules. Like the first couple of overtimes, you can go for the extra point. Then after that, you have to go for the two-point conversion uh, after the third overtime. But even still, that's not enough. After the third overtime, if the game is still tied up, you know, restart it. And also, one more thing, completely get rid of that rule where both teams get the ball from the 25-yard line. It makes it too easy to score. You're already in field goal range before you even snap the ball. And, you know, a quick play or two when you're in the end zone. Kick the ball off like the NFL does and make the team drive the length of the field. Whichever one of them scores first wins the game. As simple as that. Yeah, I think it's an anomaly that you would have seven overtimes. I don't think it happens. Well, you said it was the first time it ever happened. So, you know, sometimes you may get three, four. No, it's happened seven overtimes. Well, it's the fourth, it's the fourth time it's happened. Yeah. Bro, I know seven a overtimes. Of five and six overtime games that have happened. You know, in college football, yeah. that's ridiculous. You know, you put action too much of the players. Fans get disinterested. You know, you sitting there bored, your butt hurt. You've been there for five and a half hours sitting on concrete bleachers. You know, it's time to go. <laughs> Look, I mean, for yeah, maybe for the people there, uh, it, it, it's not that fun. But you still, the rules are the rules, and you, you know, you gotta, you gotta get a winner. So. Um, no, nah, man. Now you got them. me, hey, Big Woo. Now you got me missing all the afternoon games trying to get this one over with. You know what I mean? Nah, you cutting into my other football time. Your game's supposed to be over at a certain time so I can watch the next <laughs> round that comes on after that. Ain't nobody got time to be fooling with y'all all day at home or at, nah, the, or, or, the, or at the game, man. We got to go. <laughs> what DVR is for? DVR the game, man. You, you know. <laughs> Let them get over with, you know, however you got to do it. I would think it was exciting. I'd be like, man, this is like, you know, I would be excited about that many overtime. No. I mean, I, I, well, they, speaking of excited, uh, JC, did you see where the AA Big Woo, at the end of the game, the uh, the tight end scored a touchdown, and his sister, who was in the, stand, in the stands with his jersey on, thought that he scored the game with a touchdown and ran out on the field. Then got yeah, 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 yeah. And missed that. all seven overtimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did catch that. <laughs> that was crazy. All right, JT, we got one more. We got about uh, a little over four minutes, four and a half minutes left. Okay, Um, would it be safe to say – why did why injuries, man? We've seen some significant injuries over the last two weeks in the NFL. The Raiders showed us again that without Derek Carr, they're a totally different team. Is it safe to say? And, and the Giants were already horrible, and now it's going to get worse. Is it safe to say that when a team, you know, when a star for a team suffers a significant injury, that changes the course of their whole season? Does that mean the same thing for the Raiders? The Raiders are not going to have the same season that they were predicted to have before Carr went down. Over, under, is it done before Carr comes back off an injury for the Raiders? 
Uh, I'll go with this one. I'll start with this one, Donnie. I think, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it might be it might be over, man, because it, like you said, even even going back to last year when he got hurt, they were not the same team. The defense looked awful. The offense was awful. I, I think with it being this early in the season, they, they if he comes back, they got a chance to turn it around and get a wild card or something. Um, but. Yeah, don't look for them to win very many games in his absence. I think it's a. I don't. I won't, I won't say they're done. It's a done deal because it is early in the season, and um, I don't know how. Did it say how many games he's going to be out? I'm not sure, man. But I think three or four. He he's, uh, he may miss three or four weeks, man. Okay, four weeks. So that'll put them at uh, yeah, the, uh, what week? Uh, eight. Uh, well, we're, we're at week five now, week six. Yeah, week five. Well, see, here's the thing, fellas. In their next four games, they have the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Dolphins. I think three of those games are winnable, even with a backup quarterback. The Chargers, division rivalry, you can lose to them, but, you know, you – Phillip Rivers and them haven't been playing that well this year. The only game they won is the the 0 and 5 uh, Giants. So then you got the Chiefs. I feel like you lose that game on a Thursday night. Then you can beat the Bills and the Dolphins, both who have played okay this season. But the Dolphins are one and four, and the Bills, even though they won, beat Atlanta and a couple other good teams. You know, beat my Jets. I don't I don't think they're for real. So you know, the Raiders, even with a backup quarterback, Manuel played okay. I think they can win three of the next four games, even with a backup QB. And if that's the case, they're still in it. And even if they go two and two in those games and you get Carr back down the stretch where you got the Patriots, the Broncos, the uh, the Chiefs again, and the Cowboys, then you may be all right. It'll be a good game to watch. So Sunday night yeah. football. Yep, no doubt, um, no doubt about it. I'm excited. No doubt, man. I guess that um, that's gonna do it, man. Um, again, man, we appreciate everybody that, that um was was live for the show. Um, and catch us Friday night, man. Um, Florida Poetry so 6 p.m. But for Donnie and Woo, man, this is JT, man. We out, man. Peace. Peace.